you've recently spoken on the morality of homosexuality and we're doing a few videos around that topic and one of the questions that's often asked is about gay marriage so separating the morality of the act because obviously we see in scripture that that's sinful um the question is should christians still support the right to gay marriage yeah yeah it's a great question yeah so this is a political question in many ways not just a partisan question, but really dealing with the public realm, right? Which is what political yeah. refers to, how we should view laws. Um, but there are major ethical implications to this as well. So I'm not going to get into political specifics. Uh, I'm just going to speak to kind of high-level moral thinking. And my answer to this question is going to be no. We should not support gay marriage. Um, and I'll explain that in a second. And I'm sure that I'll be in the minority with that answer. Right, obviously, yeah. um, but I really want, especially our younger Christians, to be thinking critically about this. It's so easy to just take what the world is giving us to feel like if you were to ever say something that the Bible says support that, that you would be attacked or whatever. Right? I get it, canceled. But um, we're going to go into the grain because that's what we're called to do as Christians. Um, and I'm not going to be dealing as much with the biblical basis in terms of the, the ethics of it. Because like you said, we talked about this recently. There's a sermon we did, the gospel for the LGBT plus community. Check that out, especially if you're not a believer in Jesus, because this issue just flows out of that. The question first is, what's true? What's good? What does God say in his word? And where does hope come from? Like, how do we have hope? If the Bible does say that certain things are sinful, which the Bible calls every person sinful, then how do we have an answer? Yeah. So I would go to that first. Um, Look at that sermon. sermon. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I really, I really thought I uh, enjoyed that sermon. I feel like there's a lot of um, truth that can be spoken into a world that's this truth is not re- revealed. So, but, but I'm going to talk about just the politics and the wisdom of how do we apply that. Okay. So, just being clear on that. So, the first thing I think we have to ask is why would a Christian say yes mm. that we should support gay marriage? Because I have a lot of friends that um, would would argue that right that we should support it. So the argument that I've heard typically goes like this, and again, maybe there's things you can add to it, but generally speaking, this would be the argument for a Christian in favor of gay marriage. They would say, this is already accepted in our culture, and we've legalized and accepted lots of things in our culture that Christians disagree with, right? The Christian or the political realm is not necessarily Christian. It's not sanctified. So we have things like, you know, people can practice other faiths, we would say as Christians, that's sinful. Yeah. We still allow it, right? We still allow mm-hmm. our Muslim neighbors to worship, whatever. Um, divorce is legal in our world. So marriage already is not this like, you know, very uh, sacred institution in our, in our country, and et cetera, et cetera, right? So we'd say all these things are legal. And of course, gay marriages are already legal. Yeah. It's been legal for a while. It's kind of a moot point to a lot of people. So it would be silly, they say, for Christians to be opposing something that is already just a part of our culture. It's accepted. And in fact, if we keep opposing it, opposing it, then it could hurt the witness of Christians, right? People are going to say Christians are out of date. They don't, they don't care about people. They don't love, accept people. So that's kind of the, the general argument. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can respect that in this view, there is typically, I would say, a desire to love and care for people. There's a desire that friendships would not be ruined with people in the gay community, right? Yeah. There's a desire that there'd be an opening to share about Jesus and how he's transformed our lives and what his word says so people can come to faith in him. Yeah. That's, I think, typically the desire of that argument. Yeah, good intentions, but... Yeah, I would say misled. Yeah, I would say misled. So I just want to give the, the fairest, you know, representation of that argument. So I'll say a few things in response, okay? 
Um, and again, if you're not a Christian, go, go back and listen to our arguments about marriage in general, about um, what God says about homosexuality, all of that, because there's real hope there. But the first thing we have to ask is, what is marriage? That's the first question. What is marriage? If we don't define marriage correctly, then we can't possibly have a good argument. We can't possibly enter into this discussion in a good way. So often we make this mistake of Christians as jumping to the question of asking, how will people react if I do or say X or Y? Yeah. So how are we going to respond to it? So we skip a few steps before that, and we ask the question of how will someone respond, and we base our behavior off of that. Mm -hmm. Well, people are going to think this, they're going to think I'm hateful, they're going to whatever. So I'm just going to base my ethics or my you know decision off of that response. But what we should ask first as Christians is, well, what is true? What is good? What does God say in his word? That should be the foundation. And then a few steps in to thinking about it, we can think about how someone respond, how we communicate in a loving way. Sure. But truth matters. What is true? What is, what is real? What God says is good? That matters the most. Mm-hmm. So what is marriage? Um, it's a very different thing than any of the examples that I gave that are things that are c- commonly or, you know, compared to uh, changing the definition of marriage. So is marriage just two people who love each other, who want to express commitment and have a sexually intimate relationship, right? Is that, is that what marriage is? Just two people expressing their love for each other. Maybe you're, maybe you're watching and you're saying, well, yeah, that's it. Well, if, if that's what you say, then you're just showing that you've been shaped by modern culture. Yeah. That it's simply self-expression. It's simply about what I desire. Marriage has never been seen that way in human history until recently. Yeah. Now, again, like I think people should be able to have freedom to do as they please. The government shouldn't be involved in policing every action of, of humans. But marriage is something different. Marriage is actually something that's been promoted and, and blessed and encouraged by the, the state or by society. So marriage has never been seen as simply two people in love, two people that want to express themselves. Marriage has always been seen as a way to have stability in society by promoting a a father and a mother coming together to raise a child. Mm. That's always been what what marriage is about. It's It's about the kids. It's about the society. It's about people other than yourself, actually, so that kids can have that natural blessing and protection of a mother and a father. Because just even the stats on the topic are clear, right? If a kid does not have mother and father, he is or she is massively disadvantaged. Yeah. That's just a fact. If you don't have a man and a woman, a father and a mother that are in your life that are, that are raising you, you will be at a disadvantage in countless ways. That's just a fact. So marriage is, is something that, that we need because mm-hmm. of that stability in society and, pr- and promotion of um, the future generation, raising the future generation. And like you said, the family unit's been like the foundation of every human society. Yes. <laughs> like since the beginning of time, human time essentially, yeah. except what, the past 20 years, 30 years. Yeah, ago. yeah, just a couple of decades where we've tried to to change this. And really what we're doing is we're sawing off the branch that we're sitting on. Yeah. We're saying, why do we need that? Why do we need that thing that was the foundation of what we did? Exactly. And we're going to find out in a couple of decades yeah. why we needed that. When, yeah. when everything's, well, everything already is crumbling. We're yeah, we're honest. already kind of finding out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Society is, I mean, anyway, we can get into that later. Yeah. But so that's the first question is, what is marriage? 
And we can define that clearly. Marriage is a man and a woman coming together to have a child and to be committed to each other and to raise that child in a stable environment. And it's the building block of society. So the second question is, why is the state involved in marriage? Why, Why is, in other words, why is the government involved in marriage? Now, again, we can talk a lot about how much they should be involved in marriage. Obviously, they're too involved that they're going to redefine it, yeah, which yeah. they did. In fact, it wasn't even, I mean, it was just a few you know, men and women in robes, right? Exactly. That redefined yeah. um, with Obergefell. But why is the state involved in marriage? Because when understood this way, as how it's always been understood as the building block of society, um, marriage provides for a strong society. So it provides those building blocks so we can build society. So this is why our laws incentivize marriage in many ways. Mm-hmm. It's not just that it allows for marriage, do whatever you want. There's actually an incentive built in. There's benefits to being married legally and all sorts of different ways, right? Yeah. Socially, because any functional society needs those marriages. So marriage also assumes that men and women are not the same. Mm. It assumes that we need each other, and so it provides this incentive or this great environment for, for a man and a woman to come together to use what they're best at, to strengthen each other, and to build society in that way as well. And that's why the state has always had a vested interest in marriage, yeah. because it can't grow, it can't thrive, it can't survive beyond the next couple of decades without good marriages, as without you Without a family, yeah. yeah. So this means that marriage is a public institution by definition. Mm-hmm. It's not just the private union of two people. And what's amazing to me is as I've, because I've lived through this, you know, revolution in terms of how we view marriage and all that. And really this was happening when I was just starting to be aware of politics and, and all that sort of stuff. But so often when people would argue for gay marriage, what they would say is the government should get out of our bedrooms, right? They shouldn't yeah. be involved in policing um, people's sex lives, things like that. It's all about privacy or individual, um, you know, whatever, yeah. rights, stuff like that. But clearly it's not about that. Mm-hmm. Because again, you can do all those things. You can live with whoever you want. You can sleep with whoever you want, for better or for worse, right? Yeah. This is not about private life. This is about public life. This is about changing something that is public, that is part of how society functions. So that's why the state has an interest in it, mm-hmm. because it builds society. So then that leads to the third question, which is can we change the definition of marriage? Can we alter this definition? Well, one thing that's important to see is that even though the state has a vested interest in marriage, in promoting it, in encouraging, right, or in protecting it, the state doesn't create marriage. Yeah. The state doesn't define marriage. Marriage is something that is, well, it's obviously created by God, as we've seen, clearly, but it's also just instinctively recognized by humanity, mm-hmm. right? We instinctively recognize the need for commitment and for um, two people to come together to raise a child. Mm-hmm. That's why it's true in almost every society in human history, right? So the state doesn't define that. It's it's a pre-political institution. It's often referred to that way, right? pre-political. So it's before politics, it's above politics. And it's it's really above the state as well. It's more important, more fundamental than the state. So, so anyways, you can go back and watch those previous videos on the topic. I won't go into that too much, but um, as we've tried to redefine marriage by changing our laws, what we've done is to actively change something or try to change something that's been given and defined by God. So it's, it's like trying to say that up is down and down is up, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can change the definition of up to include down, but you can't change that reality. It's, yeah. it's, it's insanity, right? It's using a word, marriage, 
that means something and then using it in a way that's the opposite of what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be like, and trying to carve this out and say, I want to be married, but I want marriage to also mean the opposite of marriage, which is two men or two women. It, it's like, I, I heard you know Kevin DeYoung in, in his book said, <clears throat> it's like saying, I want to enlist in the military, but the military needs to have a branch that doesn't engage in any warfare, a pacifist <laughs> branch that I can be part of. Well, I mean, that's not what the military is. Yeah, it's like so the exact opposite. You're free of the to be a pacifist, but you you can't call that military. You can't you know have your uniform on and say, yeah, look at all the the you know what a purple purple hearts I've you know got yeah, exactly. from not fighting. So it's just changing uh, fundamental definitions is not okay. You can't do that. And, and have you ever wondered why the word marriage is so important in this debate? I always wondered this early on, like why. Why do we have to change definition? I, I, I thought even early on, like, well, what if we just, you know, all got together, Christians and the LGBT community, and we said, why don't we create a new word or new term that, you know, makes you guys that feel fits, good, fits for them, that allows you guys yeah. to do whatever you want and have all the same rights or whatever. But no, it comes down to the word because if you can control the language, right, you can control the world. Yeah. And I th- again, I think that the leaders of these movements know this. I don't think the normal people are thinking this way. They're just thinking about, right, what they want, what's in their heart, whatever. But the, the need to change this is so fundamental because if you can change something as fundamental as what marriage means or what up or down means, then you can change anything. Yeah, you can change anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly everything right. is up for, for grabs. And it, it's, it's obviously no mistake that as the definition of marriage has changed, now the definition of man and woman is up for debate. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. on, very, on a public stage, if you haven't followed that, where have you been? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? So, and Under we'll talk about that as well yeah. in terms of the transgender um, revolution that's happening. But to answer your question on a basic level, no, we can't change words that are so fundamental to society and words that God Himself has defined so clearly. And now that we've tried to do that, we've begun really one of the the biggest experiments in human history. Yeah. To see what what's what's going to happen, what's going to change over the coming decades, and it it won't end well. Yeah. So we see that we can't support gay marriage as Christians or we shouldn't. And that leads us to many other questions like, should I attend a gay wedding? And we're going to answer that question next time.